Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series sponsored by Dell. I'm Russ Riley. And I'm Jeff Johnson. Today's podcast is called The Future of Thermals and Power in the Data Center. Our speakers today are John Dietrich, Senior Manager in the Office of the CIO, Dave Moss, Data Center Thermal Engineer, and Mitchell McGovern, Director of Data Center Operations at Dell. This third podcast on thermals covers the future technology that's being developed to more efficiently cool data centers and gives us some insight into what IT managers can do today to prepare. Well, let's welcome John, Dave, and Mitchell to the program. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. John? Thanks for having us. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, my first question today is, is sort of a general one in thinking in terms of, of where power is actually used in the data center. Uh, Mitchell, I'll direct this to you. Tell us a little bit about, about power utilization in the data center and where it actually goes. Well, approximately 30 to 40 percent of the power in a data center goes to the cooling in the HVAC systems, which obviously are very critical in running a data center. So uh, there is a large percentage of that power that's actually not being used to actually run the servers, but just to keep everything at optimal temperature. Absolutely. So, so as a data center manager, what are some of the things that you're thinking about right now? Well, obviously energy efficiency, because the cost of power uh, increasing and the fact that a large portion of the power to run a data center is to cool the devices. You want to make sure you have the most efficient HVAC infrastructure as possible. David, what are some of the things that are being done at the at the server and the rack level to increase uh, our ability to manage power and thermals more effectively? More so probably to, to reduce power consumption. Certainly running the internal fans as slowly as possible is one thing we've been concentrating on for the last couple of generations of servers. Because uh, quite honestly, if you design a server to run in an extreme environment, say 95 degrees Fahrenheit, you're consuming a whole lot more air than you are at typical data center temperatures, which are 70 or, or less for the most part. So if you can run those fans you know, quite a bit lower and only consume as much air as you really need, you can save quite a bit of energy. The fans take a, a lot of energy within the server. Are there discussions going on in earnest about technologies like liquid cooling that are oh, typically see in mainframes? Absolutely. So, so you already see some liquid cooling out in the industry. It's liquid cooling at the rack level. But from, from the customer standpoint, if he's got to bring water into a rack, that's a liquid-cooled rack. Now, in the future, we have been talking, we, we are still talking, and, and quite certain that eventually we'll go to embedded liquid cooling technology where we actually bring some form of liquid into the server itself and, and cool a portion of electronics that way. It's like going back to the mainframe days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, well, I mean, the goal is, you know, there's an inefficiency in converting the capacity to cool from liquid to air and then transporting that air and using the air as a medium to transport the heat back to, convert it back to the liquid. So if you can bring the liquid and cool a substantial amount of the heat within the server, uh, it's, it's much more efficient. What uh, concerns does that bring from an <coughs> infrastructure and facility standpoint if you're going to start piping some kind of liquid through the floor and through the racks? Well, certainly a, a lot because water and electricity don't mix very well. Uh, there are some technologies, liquid cool technologies, that, that do not use water and non-conductive uh, material. Right. Cert certainly, we're talking fluid, some type of fluid. So there are already technologies out there. Liebert makes some refrigerant-based cooling systems. Um, they are not yet invasive into the servers, but that, that could be a, a system that you see eventually where, where you bring refrigerant in. And if refrigerant, if it were to leak, it would be a gas and it would be a, a 
a non-event from the server standpoint. There is a direct, a direct spray cooling technology as well, is there not? Yes, there's spray cool technology. Um, there's, there's no mainstream spray cool technology directly at the chip. There are companies out there that are doing liquid cooling technologies, and some of them call it spray cooling. Again, it's, it's bringing the cooling source to the heat source and uh, a variety of ways to do it. But very expensive and probably a little esoteric for most data centers. Yeah. In my estimate, it's, it's, not, really, it's not ready for prime time yet. It, um, yeah, a while back, we thought it would get here a lot quicker just due to thermal capacity, doing the ability to cool the chip. Um, with the, you know, the recent turn of events and cooler processors, cooler, cooler chips, it's likely not to be a thermal capacity issue. It's likely to be an, an energy play. You know, if it's 20% more efficient to bring liquid into the server and cool it that way, you know, that, that's likely what is going to make it mainstream in the industry. But that infrastructure has to be out there first. You don't just put a liquid infrastructure, you know, a liquid cooled system in without the infrastructure. Okay, let's let's talk about some things that are maybe a little <coughs> a little less futuristic than liquid cooling, just in terms of uh, what can be done from traditional air cooling methods. What are some of the things that can be done in terms of the computer room air conditioners, the crack units, uh, in terms of helping to uh, manage thermals more efficiently? Uh, well, certainly you can use variable speed motors, uh, less maintenance and less cost from an energy perspective. There are certain ways that you can direct airflow. Typically, hot spots uh, are usually towards the top of the rack, so you can use uh, above rack cooling to, to take care of some of those hot spots. Certainly, and just implementing best practices, making sure if you're implementing a hot aisle, cold aisle layout, making sure you've got the most separation between the hot aisle and the cold aisle, using blanking panels within the racks, making sure you're not leaking cool air into the hot aisle, keeping the hot aisle as cold as possible, reserving and provisioning as, mu as much air as you can to that cold aisle. Are the majority of data centers, uh, do you feel, using at least that sort of minimum level of best practice in terms of thermal management? Uh, no, I don't believe so. It, it, to David's point with regards to the blanking panels, you, you'll see that many data centers that, that don't deploy that uh, technology. It's very simple. It's a simple plastic plate over the rack that prevents the airflow from going through the rack yeah. and where you want it to go through the actual servers themselves to cool the equipment and not the blank space. So above and beyond things like the cracks, what are some of the other technologies that are available? Well, it, again, it's, it's bringing the cooling sink, I'll, I'll say. It's the capacity to cool closer to the heat load. Liebert's got some systems uh, that are refrigerant-based systems that, that actually position the coils above the rack. So you're bathing the cold aisle from above as a supplement to the, the floor delivery below. These systems do run quite a bit more efficient just due to the use of the refrigerant and the the system actually keeps the refrigerant temperature above the dew point so you have no condensation happening with that system, which which is an energy drain. It's, a, it's an efficiency decrease that you commonly see with cracks. Other systems, there are inline systems from other vendors, inline systems from, from Liebert as well. Bringing that chilled air generation closer and allowing it to be produced more efficiently than is normally done with cracks that are generally along the perimeter of your data center and are pushing air actually fairly long distances under the floor and squeezing it through the floor vents. 
Are there some thoughts around what would be sort of the optimal ceiling height in the data center? Because obviously, if you have a higher ceiling, you get the, the hot air up and away from the racks, but at the same time, you've got a greater volume of air to cool. Are there thoughts on that? Well, there's no one way to perfectly design a data center. There's lots of alternatives and options. Uh, there's some very innovative technologies that you can actually take the hot air and vacate it, push it right out of the building so that you don't have the HVAC units cooling hot air. You're actually exhausting the hot air directly out of the building. You'd have to use some pressured baffles and certain things where you actually, to contain the uh, the exterior air from entering the building, you'd want to have the right pressure and design the right infrastructure so that you could exhaust the air without allowing any intake from the outside. So there are also systems that do take advantage of higher ceilings, uh, allowing you to install like a dropped Mm -hmm. ceiling plenum to use as a return. Generally, it's used as a return to the HVA systems, the cracks. Right. It's a, a good way to increase efficiency uh, in a couple of ways. Number one, you're, you're returning warmer air to the cracks. The higher, the higher the return air temperature is, the more efficient you're running your cracks. And number two, you, you're completely blocking any kind of mixing of air from the exhaust side to the supply side. So you, you essentially, I mean, you do create the barrier between the hot and the cold side. And as a consequence, you can pretty much put vent tiles anywhere because any air that's going back to be cooled from the HVAC to the HVAC system has to go through a rack. So uh, there's efficiencies, increases associated with with that. You also have to be careful implementing those types of systems that you don't put an undue pressure burden on your cracks. You, you actually could overpressure the cracks and drastically reduce flow rate if you're not careful with what you're doing. We talked a little bit about uh, technologies like using lower fan speeds within the cracks to sort of control how much airflow is delivered to different parts of the data center. That presumes that you have some sense of what the temperatures are in the various racks. What are some of the technologies that would allow us to sort of monitor at the server and rack level where the hot spots are, where the cool spots are? We're already monitoring inlet temperatures you know, to each server. So it's just a matter of, of being able to tape that information and having an intelligent you know, environmental system use that type of information. I don't doubt that you will see systems in the future that are harvesting inlet temperatures from all, all the servers, feeding that back to any of your HVAC systems and allowing you know, any type of adjustment to occur. So some type of intelligent automation control then that could control airflow or velocity or... You know, the efficiency increase of the HVAC system is going to depend on the variable characteristics of of the HVAC system like like the crack. Only recently have the air conditioning manufacturers introduced uh, variable speed blowers into their cracks. It used to, you'd be adjusting the thermostat essentially on where you'd set your thermostat, it would be adjusting the amount of cooling it was using in the form of cycling the compressor or adjusting the chilled water valve. There you were getting some efficiency from adjusting the operation level, but the blowers are just running full speed. Blowers consume quite a bit of energy. So it's been fairly recent, but now most crack manufacturers have variable frequency drive blowers. So being able to reduce that speed, I guess, is good, but I guess the nirvana state, if you will, would be able to turn things off completely. So what are some of the technologies that that might enable us to be able to, obviously virtualization would play into this, to be able to shut down entire racks and aisles and sections of a data center? 
So virtualization, absolutely. You start, you know, when you look at the possibility of, especially in times of lower loads, potentially moving portions of your data center from one place to another, essentially, being able to reduce the cooling, maybe eliminate the cooling. It's, it's difficult to reduce the cooling on cracks, for instance, because blowers have a, a minimum threshold, so you really can't turn them off. Uh, but you could certainly greatly reduce them. So I, I think virtualization you know, will eventually play a, a large role in some type of dynamic air conditioning system. And any thoughts on, on where the industry is in terms of virtualization and being able to actually get to that in a practical practical sense? Are we, are we three years away from that or more or less? I think we're less. Uh, there's, there's a lot of activity that Dell is working with a lot of electrical mechanical engineering firms and trying to come up with these solutions. So I think data center operators would really fall into two categories, people that, that are wondering what they can do to their existing data centers now, and then also people who are considering building an, or architecting a new data center want to make sure that they're doing that in a way that's sort of future-proof, if you will. So what are some of the concerns and things that they need to be keeping top of mind as they go through that process? Well, let me hit the latter one first. So certainly keep abreast of, of the newer technologies, uh, all of the new HVAC systems that, that tend to bring the cooling closer to the equipment, the overhead cooling, the inline cooling. Data center owners should be certainly aware of that technology and, and understand its advantages and how to implement it. For the future, water is coming back, or some, some form of liquid cooling is going to become more prevalent. It's going to require uh, greater access to your chilled water. It's likely going to require more chilled water central to your data center, so, so be aware that that's a possibility. If you're building a data center, make sure you include extra chilled water taps. Just be ready for it. There'll be plenty of notice for, for when that's becoming more prevalent. But get ready for liquid because it's coming. Correct. Some of the customers may already be doing that with rack-based water cooling. And then in terms of, of efficiency with existing data centers, any thoughts? Again, I go back to best practices because that's, that's where you start. Any type of efficiency improvement should start with perfecting the best practices, but also, too, look at your operating parameters in your data center. There's a lot of data centers that are running extremely cold and producing a lot of water extraction in the form of condensation with their air conditioning systems. Then they're pumping a lot of energy back into the data center to put the water back in the air. So there's a lot to be done, a lot that can be done by looking at the temperature settings that you're putting your data centers, that you're setting your data centers to, and, and looking at condensation effects. Uh, understand where, where your hot spots are today. Understand your efficiency of your existing HVAC infrastructure. Don't over uh, cool and, and make sure once you've identified where those hot spots are, you know, explore all of the, the options out there for supplemental cooling. I heard a couple of things in this podcast. First of all, I heard that there's some really cool new technology that's coming down the pike that will really be able to lower temperatures and maybe lower costs at the same time. Uh, But there are some basic things, kind of basic blocking and tackling things that data center managers can do today. Um, so, Russ, where can we find more information about uh, thermals in the data center? Jeff, we have a wealth of information, including white papers, brochures, articles, and an energy calculator at dell.com energy. And please join us next week for our next installment of the Data Center of the Future podcast series.